Ever dreamed about being an explorer? Do you love outback travel? Do you respect our First Nations? This podcast follows an Australian explorer's, pioneer's and overlander's footsteps and brings you destination ideas and lessons learnt from those who have gone before. Let's go out and about with Dave. Good afternoon, good morning and good night. This is Travis and welcome to the podcast, wherever you are, whatever time zone it is, whatever time of day it is. I hope you're queued up and ready to listen to some really exciting stuff. My name's Travis and my co-host today is... Yeah, Dave. G'day, Dave. G'day, Travis. How are you? I'm awesome. Yeah, you look at... Yeah, yeah. It's awesome. That, I, I have a head for radio, <laughs> so it's great that everyone is just hearing me. Apparently, I have a fairly good voice for it, so that's a bonus. You do. Um, now, this is your first ever podcast, I believe. Is that correct? It is. And it's not mine. So I don't have heaps and heaps of experience, but I have got a little bit. So if you've got any feedback at home for us, feel free to email it in. We'll get all the stuff in the show notes where you can contact us, and we'd love to hear from you. I suppose you're listening to this podcast and I'm going to ask Dave the question, why are we doing this? Why are we doing this? Um, well, we're basing it heavily on um, my, my web page that I've created, uh, Out and About with Dave. And in that, I'm wanting to encourage people to get out and about, quite simply. Um, I've become addicted to this out and about nature with yourself after travelling across the Simpson uh, back in 2018 when we retired. Yep. Um, but it's it's been in my blood, it's in my nature and all that sort of stuff and I'm wanting to get encourage people to do that. Just It doesn't take much to get out and about, to, to see something, to give something and to learn something. Yep. The mantra I developed when I was driving out past um, kind of Muller and places and going out to Bolin and Yulo to meet you I came up with a four-word sort of uh, mantra, if you like, and it was explore, learn, connect, and promote. And it's through that, um, by, by exploring, you're learning things, and by learning things, you make connections. You know, oh, oh shit, I, I saw that down the road. That means you know, that that links in with that. And then once you can do those connections, you can promote that stuff. And uh, as many of us know, the country, regional areas, Australia, probably anywhere, um, need assistance in developing and uh, moving forward and maintaining themselves. I think coronavirus has presented a unique opportunity for Australians to travel within Australia. And the the concept of corona overlanding, um, which is something that we'll talk about in future, what is overlanding and, and so forth. But I take it back to there was a period of exploration in the mid-1800s where the Leichhardt's, the Warburton's, the... Birkenwills, the Cannings, all of those people, the Mitchells, were exploring Australia by land and it wasn't about the destination. The journey was what was most important to... There was so much along the way they had to do. It wasn't just about we have to get to Port Essington. Yeah, I think that's the underlying spirit of those, inverted commas, explorers, um, but very much part of it was this discovery of this land that uh, we whitefellas found ourselves in and um, of, of all natures, the Europeans and that sort of stuff. Um, and the the um, the colonies that were forming and trying to put a name for themselves and get that communications going and all that sort of stuff, I think that oh. was very much part of it too. Not, not just the... Uh, I think if the government said, hey, you need to explore this... 
these bugger lugs is around the place would stick their hand up and say, it's me, it's me, it's me, you know, yeah. So, yeah, like you and I. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so to give myself a bit of an introduction, um, I'm actually going to sort of semi-interview Dave and then he's going to semi-interview me. So you get drawn out of us, some of the things we wouldn't like to say about ourselves, but we can do it in an interview. So yeah, let, let's talk a little bit about what, what skills have you got that have drawn you to this? Like Burke and Wills holds a special place in your heart, and why is that? Yeah, it does. Um, firstly, going deeper into my psyche, I'm the first Australian born of our family. We're mostly from South Wales in the UK. Um, so I don't come to Australia, and, and forgive me for being a little bit um, nationalistic, about this, I don't come to Australia with this mentality of oh, my great-great-great-grandparents were here and they moved out with the convicts, there's royalty in my blood, um, you know, that, that, that land there is mine. I don't, I don't come with that belief. Uh, and I'm not a First Nations person, but I hold a lot of respect for the First Nations people and how they are today and how they've been treated and the journey that they've been on. And I'd like to explore more of that. So it's that giving back, um, things like that. In particular, the Birkin Wills fascinated me when, uh, again, when we did that Simpson Crossing in 2018, um, it was the dig tree and things like that. I started digging further and I read Peter Fitzsimon's book on the dig on uh, Birkin Wills uh, before, I, before I went on the trip. Um, and I just found it amazing how much was going wrong. Uh, people point the, point the finger and say, oh, Burke, Burke made a mistake. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Every man and his dog made a mistake. <laughs> you know, yeah. there was mistakes everywhere. Um, and, I, and I come from that from my public service background, 39 years public servant, uh, as a director in the end and managers and that sort of stuff on the way through, that how things can go wrong. And then similar to that, on a Monday morning, I used to be with the Air Force cadets. On a Monday morning, I'd go to work and think, what went wrong? Why were those cadets standing under that tree for, <laughs> for three hours? It took us three months to prepare this activity. What's gone wrong? You know, it's, it's, I find it fascinating, this management aspect to it. Mm. And if you want to look at management, check out Burke and Wills. Yeah, it, it, I think that all started from the, the, the fact that there was a committee organising it. But let's not digress no, at this no, point. No, no, no. So I suppose I come to this... Um, I have a military background. I served in the army for many years and went overseas a couple of times and whatnot. But I've always liked the idea of being alone out in the outback. Um, I grew up on Albie Mangles and all those guys in the seventies and eighties doing stuff. Um, and that Leyland type spirit was fostered within me, and it it went on through my army career. I got to go and explore some great places. We were opening up new training areas and. And that was fostered there. And after I discharged, I had the opportunity to work in the tag long tour industry. Mm. So um, mm. that gave me first-hand experience um, while being paid to explore. And that ta- that first season of re- leading tag along tours, I was learning as much as the people. But, yeah. but after that, um, it was just such a pleasure to be paid to show people <laughs> the outback. Yeah. And... and- and you have a, I think the word is penchant for that learning. You know, you can retain information. Mm. You personally can do that. That's one of your big strengths yep. um, that I, I'll use the word admire here in this very small closed room. Oh. <laughs> um, so what do we intend to do with this podcast in your mind, Dave? Um, to explore, learn, connect, promote? Explore, learn, connect, promote. Yeah, that's right. It's uh, some of that. Um 
That's a good question. What do we expect to do? Well, I, mean, we, I want to take people on the journey with us and, yeah. and just show them, hey, look, the Burke and Wills trip, for example, is Melbourne to Corumba in the Gulf, and then Burke and Wills came back to Cooper Creek. Um, there they passed away, and um, and, uh, Will, and uh, King came back. Um, but there's so much along that way. Like I found that coming out across the Simpson um, with you the first time, we found the dig tree. You know, you, you, we we saw that. We saw the saw the graves, the Cooper Creek, and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. Subsequently, subsequently I, I'm sorry. Yeah, we we encompassed the three inside corners of Queensland yeah. in our Simpson Crossing. So that there's a lot of history involved with each corner, and yeah. and all of the different regions have their own histories. Yeah, and um, coming back from the Simpson, I went out there in July last year with the HEMA maps and uh, on the map patrols, uh, doing a job with them, and I crossed. Um, through again some of the some of the areas they went through. I've been down the Darling River Run, so I've done the Menindi, the the Pooncarry, the Wentworth um, sort of stuff where, where the where the, the Burke and Wills expedition went. So, it for me this trip is about joining those dots mm. of those bits that I've done. You know, coming down from Bullia down in through Diamantina Lakes and that sort of stuff. It's those tricks, and I just wanted to bring it together. Yeah, I suppose for me it, it's more of a history alive mm. because. When you go to a place like the Dig Tree, you want to have more than just go, oh, yeah, this is where Burke and Will's blah, blah, blah. Whatever they did, what we learned at school. That's right, yeah. Yeah, and the thing that I found out very quickly once I was in the tourism industry is that what is in the history books isn't always actually Mm. what happened. Mm. And it's like whoever wins the war gets to write the, the, the history books. So... I'm conscious that we don't bash Burke and Wills along the way. Sure, they had some some ideas, but I'm not here to to step on their graves and say, "Oh, yeah, they're idiots." No, no, or no, any no, of no, that. no, no, no. So please, if we're um, too scathing in the in the comments of them, we're just reporting what we've seen and what we might do given the same circumstances. Obviously, we have the benefit of hindsight, so. And that's what we need to do. We need to learn from that. You know, and as you mentioned before, I've done the, the main points of learnings that we had from the Burke and Wills trip, and we can talk about that again later or next. Um, but even now, on this trip I'm planning, um, I'm... Always let the cat I'll, out of the bag. I'll use the word guilty, but, uh, I mean, I've got people... With two people leaving Melbourne, someone's joining us in the Kundra, someone else is... Two more, two more people are meeting us at Batuta, and then someone's leaving us at... Uh, Clon uh, um, Curry. Someone's, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's, it just goes on. It's, it's um, and then yeah. once we get to Carumba, what are we doing there? <laughs> That's um, right. <laughs> we might go back for Atlas. Yeah. So it's, uh, you know, even today we're doing it, and yesterday the batteries on my on my camper van uh, stuffed up. So um, now I'm just regrouping and preparing the car, and I'm thinking, gee, it's just like Burke took the wagons across with him and left them behind. Yeah. <laughs> and, and look, there's some great references out there for this trip that we're going to lean on heavily. So um, I want to shout out a guy called Dave Phoenix. Um, Dave has got a copy of his book here. He's not Dave that's Dave Phoenix. This is my Dave, not that Dave. Um, so his journey of walking, in the literally walking in the footsteps of... Burke and Wills, that when both of us, I think, when we found that book, just went, I need to do this as one contiguous trip where we start in Melbourne and finish at the Gulf. Would you agree with that, Dave? I do, I do. And if you're you're talking references and things like that, I think the order of reading or researching this stuff is 
perhaps start with Peter Fitzsimmons' book, uh, Simon, so please forgive me, Peter. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> please forgive me, um, yeah, Peter, sorry. Um, start with that one. It's a big, thick book, but it takes you through, and you can just see day after day. There won't be a day when you're reading that book when you won't be amazed at what went wrong. Then I think that, that sorry. Would you suggest um, reading or audio booking that? Uh, people learn differently. I, I've, I made a point of reading that book um, on the train in my last weeks of, um, uh, of employment. And uh, just, just fascinating. You know, it sort of summed up my management working history. But yeah. uh, then the next book is probably Sergen Mur- Susan Murgatroyd's The Dig Tree. Um, she writes a shorter book but, and it pulls the same sort of facts together, but it's just presented differently. Right? Mm. I think that's the order to read them. There's another book then by, um, uh, get back to that, Norman Atwood, I think his name is, um, and it's called Burke Soldier. Yeah, we look for this online and you can only get a hardback copy of this. So it's not something that you can podcast and listen to in the background, which I'm hoping people that are listening to this podcast are going to grab this and listen to this in preparation for some form of outback travel or in the absence of being able to outback travel. Yeah, that book's by Alan Atwood, I apologise, Burke Soldier. Um, and it's written as a novel, but it still picks up key facts from from the, from the history. Um, but he also makes um, interpretations and a bit of uh, making it into a novel. And mm. I found that a really good book. And having read the facts from the other books, you can sort of say, okay, I'll take a little bit of this, take a little bit of that, I can, I can grab that. Yeah. And then the fourth book, I think, is... Um, the Burke and Wills Across Australia by a doctor, I think he is now, David Phoenix. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm not sure how easy that one is to get, but it goes into detail every day, every camp, everything that goes wrong, but it's written more in a in a documentary-type style. And it also yeah. tells you what the roads and the, vis- and the places he visited are like today. Yeah, I, I look at that like an atlas. Mm. It's got geographical and biographical information. It's mm. not written as a story, if that mm. makes no, sense. No, it's not written as a story. Yeah, no, yeah. No, no, no. Um, I disagree with Dave on the order to read books, and that's that's how life <laughs> is. People are different. <laughs> I reckon Sarah's is a very concise but has all the necessary details. If you were only going to read one book... I'll agree with that. That's the book I'd say go to read. Uh, Belinda Audio has it on Audible and all the other places, um, and we'll put a link down below in the show comments to all of these books... And also, um, Dave writes a bit about travel. He owns a business called Out and About, Out about with Dave. Out and About with Dave, yes, thank um, you. And his website, campandtravel.com.au, we're going to put a, sh- a reference down in there because Dave's experiences on this trip will also be in his blog, I hope. Yes, very much so. Yeah, we um, we intend on picking up where we are on the trip. Uh, you're not joining me for the first part. but um, Not at the moment. Not able to. Yeah. Um, but hopefully we can do some... In the modern technology that we have nowadays, and uh, we won't touch on the on the pigeons that uh, they took with them to rescue, uh, <laughs> with no tail feathers. Yeah, well, that's that's just another thing that goes wrong. <laughs> um, yeah, so we can uh, hopefully do some podcasts or something like that. Yeah. The way. Um, so my intention is to remotely record Dave while he's physically in the steps of Burke and Wills, um, and I'll stay at home in the studio so that I can see if there's any difference after I join the journey when I podcast with him, whether that will change the way that we absorb the details and we talk about what we've done that day um, when I'm separate and when I'm there. Um, I think I'll be much more forgiving of anything that goes wrong of him 
once we're on the trip. <laughs> yeah, when that uh, three trailer semi trailer goes past, um, yeah, we'll be able to yeah edit it out. Yeah, so obviously this this quality of audio is studio quality, um, and we won't always have that through the podcast. And whilst I'm happy that we're doing a studio session now, I don't think it's necessary for what we do later on. I think it's no. important to capture the birds chirping and whatnot in the background so you understand that we're not sitting in a studio somewhere doing this. We're out there living what we're talking about at the time. Yeah, that'd be good. Yep, I think that's right. So I suppose the first thing that we need to talk about is... Sorry, before you move on, Travis, I think yep. it's, it's important to know that David Phoenix actually created a web page as well. and oh, it's, hev- it's heavily referenced, and we can put that link in the in the documents as well. Um, and then there's resources by the Victorian Library and uh, even the South Australian Library has some maps and things like that. So, yeah, we can put those references in there. Yeah, I think if you want to follow in his footsteps, it, it would be remiss of you to not have that book in mm. your possession. Mm-hmm. Um, I bought my first copy of that at um, Birdsville at the Tourist Information Centre there. And I think, where, where did you end up Alice getting Springs. yours? At Alice Springs. At <laughs> Red Kangaroo Books, probably. Yeah, yeah in, the, in, the, in the shopping centre there. Yeah. 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 Um, so what we need to sort of talk about now is how Burke and Wills prepared, or they didn't really. Well, it's, it's a complex subject. Because in my opinion... Burke and Wills themselves didn't have much to do with the preparation for the VEE, the Victorian Exploring Expedition. I think it was designed by committee. And there was, what, three years' worth of different committees deciding what they should take with them. Yeah, it's, it's a, again, I don't know the dates off the top of my head and I won't get distracted by trying to look at it here, but... Um, it was uh, an idea by a businessman in Victoria. Hey, look, we need to find this route up to the north and what we can do is we can claim a, um, a location up there where we can bring a telegraph in from, from Europe, yep. be the first people in Australia to find the news of the world and uh, control a little bit of trade and things like that. There were also some blank bits on the map that Victoria was trying to do um, in the lats and longs of Australia, that, uh, that funny little shape of Queensland that they wanted mm-hmm. to claim. Um and uh, they wanted to, to take on that. So then the um, the Royal Society in Melbourne, um, they actually just conjured up this idea, hey, look, let's do this. And uh, they wanted to raise some public monies to meet this businessman's first... His, he was going to donate money if the, if the state could raise so much money. And uh, from there they did that, and then they went on to... to uh, 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 seeking applications and to um, interview for the position. Mm. And um, they had people that would have been more ideal for the expedition that didn't end up being invited. Careful, careful. you're using the word more ideal. <laughs> uh, we said we wouldn't. Yeah. Um, but they, yeah. did, they did. They found Burke and, and Burke put his hand up. He, he came from the police. He was in the army. He, was, um, he came from, from Castle, Maine, and he came down. The trouble was, and it's the, vic- it's the victim of the times, they were looking for a gentleman to run mm. it. Um, probably neither you nor I would, would tick that box today. No, no <laughs> but it was certainly a bit of a white-collar, blue-collar yeah, well, thing very back much then. So, very much so, yeah, that's, that's how it was. Um, and the officers and all that sort of stuff, and the officers ate differently. And, uh, sorry, on a big oak table. And on a big oak table, yeah. <laughs> I think that, that soon stopped. But, uh, yeah, when they get to Swan Hill and when they get even to uh, Menindi, they stayed in the hotel and the men were obviously out with, with the horses out and with the Out with the horses and the smelly camels. Yeah, that's right. So, um 
as far as organising, I looked at the calendars the other day when I was doing the dot points. Burke had two months from being appointed to when they left. Hmm. And that's to pull together the tonnes of equipment and the, the, the camels and the horses and everything else. Yeah. And I'm starting to panic at two weeks out. Last week, now it's a week out. I'm panicking even more. But I've got satellite map imagery. I've got a, yep. a, I've got GPS. I've got um, uh, you know SpotX, which will give you my, give you an international rescue. Will come and get me with the Thunderbirds if, if when I press <laughs> the button. You know, it it goes on and on and on. It's the amount of information we've got nowadays is just uh, almost criminal. I suppose that brings me to the subject of over preparing. It's something I call shiny kit syndrome. Um, I definitely noticed when I was doing four-wheel drive shoes when I was advertising a tag-along business, people would come up to me and go, oh, I can't come on your trip because I don't have this. Mm. And I found that there's this consumer-driven need to have stuff mm. um, to explore. What, what do you, where do you stand on that, Dave? I'm guilty of travelling heavy. Mm. But I've got a soldering iron. I've got a, 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 a right angle grinder, which is a cutter or a grinder disc. You know, it, I, the stuff I carry, it has to have two uses, if you like. Yeah. As 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 is a mantra, I think ex-military and all that sort of stuff. Mm. One, um, is, two is one. One is none. <laughs> okay, right here. Yep. Um, so, and I made a comment to you the other day. I went to the Brisbane-based four by four show, and and I felt almost embarrassed. I felt. Um, overloaded by these big four American four-wheel drives on display, all done up, mirrors underneath them. You know, you, uh, even I, at six foot four, can just see into the bonnet, let alone mm. a change of change of spark plug or have a look at things in there. So, I, I think that things are shifting, and and that just to dwell on that point. That situation has changed because people are moving into the four-wheel drive cars, the tubs, the cabs, and the and the dual cabs and the wagons and things like that. But their axle loads probably pull them up before the GVM and the GCM. Mm. Uh, we're getting into loads information here now. So, oh, the solution is we'll get a big truck that's got seven tons of capacity yeah. or four and a half tons of capacity. Um, do you? Do you really, do you really need that? Yeah. You know, that yep. sort of thing. Um, and and I certainly. On an expedition, and let's refer to what we're doing as an expedition, not everyone has to have a camp oven. Mm. And I, I yeah. know that we're going to break up and meet up and, and all that sort of stuff, but do we need eight sets of max tracks through the trip? Yeah. Do we need eight people with winches? Do we need 800 litres of rum? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that references to the camels because Landell said that he needed the rum to quieten the camels, but... Yeah. Uh, I wouldn't mind having 80 gallons of rum take with us, but yeah. Yeah, I reckon I polish some of that off. <laughs> yeah, but I think it's important that, um, and if you're going to go on any trip, not only just yeah. this one, is that you talk to the people you're going with and go, all right, well, I know I'm not going to be with you the whole time, but what can I What can I do without? Yeah, yeah. Ha- have a listen, and us boys, we're terrible at this, have a listen to our significant others, yeah. and they're going, do you really need that thing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mind you, they're not often blameless, but anyway. Yeah, this is true. <laughs> yeah. Oh, look, we don't need 80 sets no. of shoes to go either. No, no, no. no it's, well, you know, Brian, one of the guys that's going on this trip with us now, he asked me the other day if I'm taking a chainsaw. Yes, I am. I'm taking an electric battery-powered chainsaw. Right, I'll leave my mahoney's behind. Yeah. Um, I love cooking out of, the t- out of the camp oven, but sometimes you don't have enough time to um, get the ashes going and mm. the coals going, all that sort of stuff. But I won't be taking a frying pan. 
Why? Because your camp oven can be a frying pan. Your camp oven can be a frying pan. Correct. It can be a fantastic frying pan. Yeah, that's right. So there, I've got I've got that fixed. You know, you wouldn't necessarily use it as a saucepan if you were boiling up spuds. You'd cook it in the frying pan. But it depends mm. on what you're putting in the saucepan. Oh, look, I've I've certainly boiled vegetables in mm. a camp oven before, mm. just because. I didn't have a big pot. I think I've done like a spaghetti bolognese all in one pot type dish. Yes, yeah. In that exact way, because why carry a twenty litre stock pot? Yes, yeah, totally. Or agree. Nine quarts. Totally what, what is nine quarts in litres? I don't know. So. Me either. It's funny that they put Which that could, on a camp oven. Oh, of course. Nobody knows what it means. Oh, it's a nine quart. Probably still in the sand mold that they made the camp oven. It could well be. Yes. <laughs> um, I suppose the other thing we need to talk of before the the start of the trip is what. What we mean by overlanding, I am not what you would call a rock crawler. I don't have a lifted, locked, uber-duber four-wheel drive with 45-inch tyres on it. I believe in um, journeys. If it's too extreme, I won't go there. And by that, I don't mean I'm not going to go on the Canning Stock Route. I've done that multiple times in the vehicle I own now. And it doesn't have a two-inch lift, and it doesn't have it, and it doesn't have all these things that that people think. If I just buy this thing, my life will be easier. It's not the potato peeler. You don't have to have that to go. I think your attitude to travel is much more important than that piece of kit. Yeah, I agree. With you. I, I'm not a, a, a four-wheel drive parks person either, mm. or, or just go out and bash it up. I've just written a blog on that very thing, though, um, and I went out to Land Cruiser Mountain Park with some uh, friends on a Facebook group, and that Land Cruiser Park is now closed down its four-wheel drive tracks, but separate separate issue. I went there, and I found that the tracks there and the people I went with gave me a different insight into the, I'll use the word rock crawling, even though we weren't yep. doing rock crawling, yep. um, into that because I could see what my car could do and what the people who were guiding me, who were doing the spotting on the track, could do. Yeah, there's um, invaluable insights. It's invaluable insight. Because it, 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 quite often you go on a track and all you can see is that rock that's sticking out. Mm. All you can see is that, that rock. I'm going to hit that rock. I'm going to hit that. It's like teaching young kids to play soccer. You know, they, all they can see is the posts and they hit the posts. Um, but when you know where you're oil sump is, where you know where your shockies are and all that sort of stuff is, you can learn to place that rock out of the way. You know, yeah. just forget about yeah. it. Um, so um, what I'm getting at there is now the fact that I think that the rock crawling has its place, but don't burst into tears when something goes wrong or say, I've, I've, I've damaged the mm. car, I've done this. It's, it's, it, it, it's something that you're going to have to learn and, and cope with. Mm. So then when you do go out to your your parks and you're crossing the Simpson or you're going to go up to Cape Expedition York. Range or Cape York and all that sort of stuff and you want to go to those places, you've got a better understanding of how your car and your equipment work, mm. how they don't work, um, what your limits are mentally, preparedness-wise, um, and it, it gets you that confidence because a, a, I find a big thing, and I've travelled a fair bit of um, the, the outback countries by myself, is that self um, self reliance and self um, self confidence is is huge, mm. you know. It's um, and you can and you, and you get that by learning those things. Yeah, I think one of the things that I enjoyed most about um, outback travel when I was a tour guide was the fact that I would hopefully never see the people again. And that's not because I didn't like them or I didn't want them to support my business. It's 
I gave them the ability to explore. Yeah, teach them to fish. Uh, yeah. That little bit of confidence and they were off. Mm. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm dipping my toe and I'm looking at doing – I don't like the word tag along because I, I think you need to involve people more than just tagging along or treat them as the, as the young sister that you don't really want yep. to take out to, yep. to, the, to the football fields. Um, I, I, I wanted to – and I don't know what the word is or the words are, but it's, it's tag along is the, is the common thing that people would search on. How about overland along? <laughs> That's a crazy word. <laughs> Yeah, we'll see how that goes. <laughs> I'll do a Google search, see what the results are. Yeah. Um, so with that, though, I, I, I'm wanting to get people – you see people quite often, they oh, we bought our first caravan, we're taking on a shakedown trip, but we don't know what to do. When you do meet those people out and about, they what do these numbers mean on this display inside the caravan? Well, that 12.5 mm. is the number of volts you got. Oh, okay, so what's the 1.3? Okay, well, that's your that's your amps that you're drawing down. All that sort of mm. stuff. Oh, what does that mean? You know, so – and it's not all black magic that you it's, can't learn. It's not all black magic. That's right. So I wanted to give, I wanted to help people understand their equipment and that sort of stuff. And then maybe there is another step or an, another step after that. So whilst you say you don't want to see them again, I think that in a staged approach, hey, look, let's demystify this thing you've got, mm. um, and then we can learn how to do other things and, and go out. You know, oh, so you've got yourself a, a solar panel now. Okay, well, let's take that out and try mm. that, see how much it, it charges for your batteries for and things like that. Yep. I, I think some people fall into the, I need to buy this thing because it'll make my trip more comfortable. Um, and there's not so many things that do that that weigh nothing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, that's, that's the just, only that's exception right. that I can think of is Max Tracks, Treads, yep. or Perforated Steel Plate as a recovery board. Yeah. That yeah. weighs nearly nothing, and it's worth its weight in gold. Yeah, well, again, when you say that, and recovery tracks, I think that I'm very much into self-recovery. Um, so you have a spade and recovery points, and you have, you have your, have your um, sorry, I just said that you have your recovery points uh, for when someone else needs to get you or you use your winch and things like that. Although I wouldn't go out and buy a winch tomorrow necessarily if I was a new entrant, but mm. again, it's something that you have in your back pocket if you need to. Um, again, I read another blog on that, the fact that you've got more than forward gears in your car. So when mm. you come to a point, you don't have to winch over that problem because the chances are you're going to find another problem or have to winch backwards. So there's a thing on your Prindle called R, which is reverse, and you mm. can just get out of that bloody situation and start again. You know? And you know what else I think is the best solution when you get bogged? It's a cup of tea. <laughs> Stop, get out, have a cuppa, if you're holding the track up, that's different. But get out and go, okay, let's take a breath, have a coffee, have a tea, and think about what we're going to do. It's funny you should say that. I mean, the, the, the gentleman I'm working with now, and um, he's coming on the trip, Brian, he, him and uh, Murray run uh, off-road four-wheel drive training and tours. And he teaches people in basic introductory four-wheel driving and also in the advanced, and he's accredited and all that sort of stuff. Again, we can put a link on the page for that. Yeah. Um but that's one of the things he teaches people is when you get into trouble, stop. Mm. Have, a, have a cup of tea. Baldly, have a look at your problems. And the example I give for that was I was on on Bribey Island with a group of people. Uh, we went from the soft sand down onto the hard sand. There was a two-foot drop down into it. The car went down, got hung up. And people said, oh, I'll snatch you. I'll do this. I'll winch you. I'll do this and everything else. we got spades. <laughs> we can do everything else. And I, while they're talking about what they're going to do, I just put my hand under the back tyre and just scraped the sand out from underneath it and the car just levelled down and they drove off. You know, you just need to look at the problem. Yes, yeah, so I think it was 
a Land Cruiser camping, uh, a Land Cruiser group. We won't name which state or which corner of the state it was, but mm-hmm. I think they had 35 cars and they were mm. all on Channel 10, the main call channel. Yep. So what they should have run was a separate channel um, and have the boss on the on the on the on the channel ten for the for, and the, and the tail end Charlie, mm. and then let the people natter about whatever they want to do on cha- whatever channel thirteen or whatever. Yeah, when, uh, when, whenever I lead a trip, I always have two UHFs. Two I have one yeah. to talk to the people I'm with, and one that's on the channel that's designated for the area we're in. Yeah. Sometimes, like Land Cruiser Mountain Park, it'll have its own station. You don't want four hundred people on that. Yeah, that's. Need to pass you, mate. Or is there a way around here? Sorry, I've got a flat tire. I can't move from where I am. That's that sort of essential communication yep. you want to do on there. Yeah, yeah. I think it's ten for the Simpson. If I'm ten, ten. Yeah, yeah that's right. The national most national parks is ten. Yeah. yeah. So what I do when I'm crossing the Simpson, every time I cross one of the meter markers, so it'll say yep. K135. Mm. I'll announce out loud on Channel Ten, three cars heading west passing K35, so the people coming the other direction, can, when they start receiving that, they know you're not one June away. Mm. You're, you're two or three kilometres away, or they go, oh, shit, we haven't heard that yet. Yes. We're going to have to stop. Oh, yeah, we're a, a bunch of guys heading east. Yeah. Uh, we The last one we passed was number seven, so we'll meet in the middle somewhere. Yeah, that's right. That's, that's, that's so right. you're not coming over a sand dune and going, yeah, it oh, a there's a flag. makes a huge difference. Yeah. Um, let's talk about... The physical communication, what sort of stuff are you dragging along on the tagging along? Um, what electronic communications are you going to take with you, Dave? Well, I suppose the big thing that you would use when, once you're on the road and travelling is either by myself or with a group would be the CB, the UHF. Um, nowadays it's 80 channels. Um, I'm a child of the 60s, so I grew up with the 70s with a CB radio. I was, mm-hmm. My license was Quebec Alpha November 263. Wow. My call sign was Red Dragon, so there's a wealth coming out again. Yep. Um, so the CB, but I, I think people ought to learn to not be scared of the CB. It's not a, it's not a thing that's going to bite back at you or anything like that. It's, it's no. Just be polite, just be friendly, just, and even if you just listen sometimes, it doesn't hurt to do that. Yeah, and, and, and don't feel like it's like a military radio with no. all this unwritten no. protocols and etiquettes and just talk. You like can you're start that way. You can create, yeah. Within the group you can get this, you know, uh, calling, calling leader one over, you know, you do that, but afterwards it just becomes a chatter. Yeah. Um, but what you need to do is be aware of the... Um, yeah, you will talk over people and break a breaker or whatever you need to do yep. to do that. Yeah. So I suppose besides the um, the UHF, then I've got a mobile phone with me. Um, I love Optus, and that's what I'm with primarily. But once you get out past Roma or places like that, mm-hmm. or, or down south, other little areas, you lose Optus um, until you come back into a major town. So I've got a Telstra as a second SIM in my phone. It's not a physical SIM; it's an electronic SIM. So I charge that up and um, put some data on that for the month. Or as a prepaid. Away, as a prepaid that I'm going away for. So it'll cost me $20, 30 $40 for a month mm. for that. And then I top it up with $10 every three months or so just to keep that phone number active. Yeah, uh, It's a bit of a trick and uh, Telstra will, uh, will tell you that if you, if you ask nicely. <laughs> um, so besides that, then I think the next bit, what I've got is the, um, the SpotX, which is um, a G- G- GPS location device, and I've got the Spot X because it's got a QWERTY keyboard on it. So if I push SOS, you know, the custard's turned to poop, um, 
it won't send out a helicopter not knowing what the problem is. I'll be able mm. to say snake bite. I'll be able to say broken fan belt or whatever. Mm. So that when they drop that um, survival pack to me, it'll have whatever I need in it. Or um, yeah. There's no point in sending me six six paratroopers. No, so if, you if don't I, need if the I'm OSAS to storm an, right. an embassy. <laughs> That's right. So, um, yeah, I, I, the QWERTY keyboard for me was a, was a deal breaker when yep. I got it. But then, of course, you've got your EPIRBs and things like that. Um, that um, truck that got stuck out in the Simpson and um, on the way out to Mount Dare recently. There's a bit of there's a great um, mm. there's a great podcast on that by a gentleman ex, ex military ex Air Force uh, to watch about how it happened and how it unfolded using that and not to be afraid of using it. Uh, people say he did the wrong thing, but you'd be your own judge. I don't think so. It's, uh, he went in prepared and um, things happened that uh, weather, weather can change. Yeah, weather changes. Yeah, so. Um, what was I getting at with that one? Is the, the fact that uh, is the fact that he had an EPIRB, so they're designed more for boats. So when you set it off, it'll it'll tell the rescuers where you are at that point in time if you're drifting mm. in the ocean. Whereas yeah. this one just said it was, and they found him, and they dropped the, the parcel down and everything else. And and when you buy an EPIRB um, or PLB or any of that stuff, there's an agency called AMSA, the Australian Maritime Safety Authority. Register with them and tell them that you're not a boat. There's an option there to say, I'm a four-wheel drive. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, so when they see it going off in the middle of Australia, they don't go, oh, there's no, something weird going something on wrong. here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And when it pops up, it's Bill Bloggs in his four-wheel drive. Right, yeah, yep. we have to do this for that. Yep, yep. And they can send the Air Force out to look for you. Yeah, yeah. No, it's, it's good to watch that podcast. And um, But I've got the ability to send pre-prepared messages for free, um, I can contact my wife and say, hey, look, I'm here tonight. Um, see you in the morning, sort yep. of stuff. Or yep. I'll contact you in the morning. Uh, it's, it's it's priceless, that, I think. Um, other than that, I mean, there are satellite phones. I've, for me, my SpotX does the job. Um, I know you've, you've got satellite yep. phones and you use those. Yep. Um, so what I'll be taking is uh, I'll be taking my iPhone for mm. normal communications and I will be taking something called an Iridium Go. So... And Iridium Go is a Wi-Fi hotspot that uses satellite data. So you're not going to stream a live video to Facebook with it. There's no chance of ever doing that. But it allows my phone, once we're out of service, I open up an app and I can send text messages and make calls as if I had a real sat phone on me. And I can also tweet my locations. I can check in at grid number seven and leave that sort of message on a social media and say, hey, this is where I am right now. Um, there is the ability to open up a browser and do really light internet work. Yeah. But my experience of that is you're better off um, investing in getting gold at the end of a rainbow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And also slap yourself across the face and look around you. Yeah. If the Min Min lights are going off at the distance, uh, yeah. I'm afraid I won't be worrying about what Facebook is doing. <laughs> <laughs> That's it, yeah. yeah. Um, I'll probably still take, um, I've got a 9555 Iridium phone. I'll yep. probably take that and have some of my prepaid credit on that because there's times when it's easier just to talk to somebody. Like you're in an urgent situation but not an emergency. So Yes, that's right. That's okay, right. I've run out of baked beans. Mm. Isn't an emergency, but if you've run out of water, yep. you're getting towards an emergency and you just want to ring the next roadhouse and go, oh, have you got a spare tyre for this car? Yeah. That's not emergency stuff. Yeah. And you can take care of that with a sat phone easier. And 
also just check around the place when you do on the trips. You're looking at sat phones because you can hire them from mm. places like Birdsville and then return it at Mount Dare. Yep. Similarly, you can get one from Mount Dare and return it at Birdsville. Um, now, there is one caveat places. I'm going to throw in here. Mm. If you've got something like Wikicamps or any reference material, make sure you download it onto your device before you go. Because it's really annoying when you're out in the middle of nowhere with no phone service, you can't Google. Yep. Yeah. So yep. you need the phone number for that next. All that research station. you've done is lost because it's up in the cloud somewhere. That's, yeah, the yeah. cloud's great. Yeah. But it's in the cloud. It took me a long time to work out why my thirty and a half inch iPad wouldn't work out past the the, so the suburbs. Um, even contacting Apple and the salespeople, they didn't know quite what was going on. It's because I had a, had an iPad without a SIM card, and if you don't have the SIM card, you don't have GPS. Yeah. So what I've got on because the dash, it uses the GPS from your device. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. So what I've got is a da- on my dash. I've got a dual unit. D U A L dual. Um, it's used in aviation, and you can buy it um, from aviation type places or even on the internet. Probably Johnny um, Appleseed. Johnny Appleseed, and also the other one I've got is standard called a Gataway, um, but. What it does is it sits on the dashboard, it charges up with your, with your battery, and it's, you can link four other devices to a Bluetooth, um, and the iPad then links to that by Bluetooth and gives it its GP, its satellites, and it picks up some Russian satellites, or it did until recently. Yeah, the GLONASS I don't know don't know if it still picked them up. But, don't uh, know, yeah. <laughs> yeah, um, but yeah, it's, it's accurate enough, even with the American stuff. So, yeah. um, so we both carry iPads. Dave's done a little bit of stuff in cartography in the past, so yes. he knows a lot about mapping. Um, I will be taking a standard iPad, and I have a, an app called Avenza, and we'll have a link yeah. to that down below. Um, the thing I love about Avenza is it is it's the vanilla of all the apps. You can download maps from all the different places and have them on Avenza and see yourself in real time on them. It's not linked to one brand. You can't only download the Westprint maps. Mm. Um, and I like to have all of the maps in digital form where I can, and I'll have some broad maps. Like I'll take the um, the Hemis Outback Desert um all six of their desert maps because they're a great overview and they've got some information on them that is just too valuable to have. I still carry those physical maps even though I've got them digitally. There's sometimes you want to throw a map across the bonnet and have mm. six people oh, pointing their fingers at it. Yeah, I, I went for a trip recently and even though I, I'm a retailer for uh, human maps, I had to stop at a service station to buy this map because everything map. was on my, on my laptop and everything else. And I, oh, <laughs> I couldn't, couldn't relate. Yeah. 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 And, and one of the things I like to do with my maps is get a highlighter and highlight where yeah. I've been and what yeah. I've done and compare that with what you planned. Because yeah, you see, that's different for you and myself. As I can't talk with you, I, 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 a map. I have to fight, fight, fight not to draw on the map. But, uh, <laughs> I do. There, yeah, I've said it. <laughs> yeah. That's all yeah. right. Yeah, so having said, touched on HEMA just then, the new HX2 um, that people are, are looking at and buying now, or HEMA's moved all their maps over to HX2. All their previously printed maps have all gone on to HX2, so if you buy a HX2, you don't have to buy printed maps unless you want to throw it on the bonnet. Mm-hmm. Um, and for that reason, they've stopped selling their, last time I spoke to them, they've stopped selling their HEMA maps through Avenza. Yikes. So... Um, yeah, if you get a Venza, you'll only get the stuff that's available free. Oh, sorry, you have to. You can pay for things, but also you just get the things that are out there. Yeah, uh, government um, topo maps and things yeah. like all, that. All the one is to two hundred and fifty thousand yeah. maps yeah. are free on a Venza bar. The ones that are dead in the middle of Brisbane and stuff like that. And, and yeah. let's face it, 
Who wants a Tobo map for Brisbane City? Oh, you do in the floods. Well, maybe. I'll give you that. There's too much <laughs> red on there to show the topography. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, I think we can almost call this a wrap. Yeah, it's been great. And I'm looking forward to keeping people in touch of where I'm going and that sort of stuff. Um, I, I, my exact route, I'm keeping a little bit close to my chest at this stage. Um, well, by the time this is out, uh, we'll have done everything. <laughs> well, we'll, You'll we'll be hearing this and we'll be drinking a beer at the end. We'll certainly um, you know, looking at uh, subscribers through either the web page or through the podcast and that sort of stuff and give them a little bit more information. Yep. So it would be good to have people come along on the journey. And even if you know we miss something, if I've gone down this road at um, 60 kilometres an hour or whatever and I miss something, mm-hmm. hey, look. Drop us a line, guys. I'd love to see because I want to do this trip again with uh, with others and um, I'm sure there'll be a bit of interest in it. And I just ask, if you find a bit of value in this podcast for yourself, um, if you could support us through Patreon or through PayPal, we'll put some links down the bottom. Um, or if you're on Apple, we're going to have it on Apple Podcasts. We'll have it on Spotify. We'll have it on Deezer. We'll have it on Podchase. We'll have it on all the things and Audible um, if you can Goodness support me. us through those platforms um, with their subscription system, it's going to help us have further episodes, mm. more stories, and, um, yeah, we promise that there'll be some extra content for those that monetarily support us. Yeah, and I think it's important just to, just to finish probably where we started is I don't intend outlining the exact routes and things like that that Burke and Wills took. I'm looking at the principles behind it, the preparedness, mm. the, 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 the training. I mean, Stuart, for example, or was it Stuart? I've mixed the two up. They were both they, out there. They used, to take, they used to take a team of people out and train them, give them practice mm. on, before they went anywhere. Whereas Burke, they all left the pomp and ceremony. They went two miles down, seven miles down the road, and they camped the first night. You know? Yeah. So, um, well, he went back into town on a horse and saw his, <laughs> to his lovely hopeful lady. girlfriend. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, yeah, but that's, that's the aspect of just turning it on its head. If you want to research the, the routes and the dates and the days, there's books and research on that. Um, but I'll be looking at the wherefores and the whys and yeah. things like that. Yeah. So we're, we're going to trace their footsteps, but not. 100% faithful, because you can't. You can't yeah, drive through people's paddocks and whatnot. Mm-hmm. But we'll we'll tick as many spots as we can. So yeah. um, for those familiar with the Canning Stock Route, we'll go to every well that we can get to. We're, we're off, are we? We're not going to – well, that's a different trip. <laughs> and, yes, we are going to do a Canning Stock Route podcast somewhere All in the future. Right. Um, and that's because the Canning is my favourite place on earth and no one can go there at the moment, so I've got to do a podcast about it. Okay, great. Um cool. Yeah, so we'll be as faithful as we can, but um, we're not going to do absolutely everything they did. Like, we might even duck into Bendigo, even though he... No, we're not going to do it. You never know. I lived at Bendigo. I lived at Quarry Hill. Actually, Mm. I wouldn't mind going there because they have got um, an epitaph to them, yeah. Mm. Anyway, so this has been Travis and... Dave, the tall, good-looking chap. Yeah, that's right. And I've got a head for radio. Thanks for listening, and we'll catch you. you on the next one. Thanks. Thanks, guys.